and the redeemed of the Lord shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I honor you and celebrate you on your 10th anniversary. Yeah. And I've called long enough to honor your man of God, Pastor Hubbard. Come on, let's pray. Thee what thou shalt do, 
And she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. Amen. This morning on your 10th anniversary, I want to preach about the God who provides. Yes, the God who provides. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The God who provides. The late Dr. Warren Wearsby said these words, and I quote, the great achievers have been men and women who could see the invisible and strive for the seemingly impossible. Okay. This text today swings on the hinges of the providence of God. Mm -hmm. The providence of God is where God guides and guards his creation to their intended end. We don't always know what God's going to subject us to to get us on the right path. But just know he's working things out yes, for your good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, one of my favorite historical mentors, Dr. Calvin Miller, wrote a book entitled Into the Depths of God. And in that book, he says that we should pray that God would give us eyes to see the invisible, ears to hear the inaudible. And when he says that, it, it it points us to the scripture in 1 Corinthians where it says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard good things that God has in store for us. We serve a God who works with us, for us, and in us. Say it two more times. We have a God that works with us, for us, and in us. We serve a God that works with us, for us, and in us. I know you don't believe me, but I got scripture to back me up. The book of Deuteronomy, uh, Moses gives his valedictory address as he passes the baton of leadership over to Joshua. Joshua crosses them over the Jordan River. He leads them into the promised land. And before he dies, he gives his own eulogy. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But he dies without having a successor. So that when we get to the book of Judges, Judges says that the people did what was right in their own eyes. They did what was right in their own eyes because they had no designated leadership because there was no succession plan under Joshua's leadership. And when the people did what was right in their own eyes, God gave them victory by raising up judges like Shamgar, Manoah, and Gideon to give them victory. But then, when they did not do what God told them to do, they lived under a closed heaven. Which means they would pray and God wouldn't respond. They lived under a closed heaven. And that's where we are when we get to the book of Ruth today. The Bible says that in the first chapter of Ruth that there was a famine in Bethlehem. I'll say that two more times. There was a famine in Bethlehem. Uh, one last time. There was a famine in Bethlehem. you got to understand that that is an oxymoron because Bethlehem means the house of bread. And there's a famine in the house of bread. There's a wealthy family that lives there who's led by a man named Elimelech. He's married to Naomi. They got two boys named Milan and Kilion. And here it is. They are experiencing a famine in the house of bread. And this man says, I want to do what's best for my family. And they leave Bethlehem and they go to Moab. Mm -hmm. 
Brothers and sisters, Moab is enemy territory. They leave Bethlehem and they walk 10 miles to Moab in enemy territory. And while they're there, their boys, Milan and Kilion, marry a girl named Ruth and a girl named Orpah. But after some time, Elimelech died. After Elimelech died, then Milan and Kilion, his sons, died. And you have these three widows who've been overexposed to death. They have no support system anymore. And without a support system, Naomi begins to talk about leaving and going back to Bethlehem. But it's hard for you to explain how you're going to leave and go back to Bethlehem with the kind of baggage she has. You're not supposed to have Moabites with you when you're an Israelite. So she says to those two girls, there's nothing else that I can do for you. Why don't you go back home to your people? Orpah said, I'll go back home. Thank you for releasing me. But then Ruth said, no, I've watched how you handle your husband dying. I watched how you handle your son dying. I watched how you handle your other son dying. And she says to Naomi, wherever you go, that's where I'm going. And whoever your God is, that's going to be my God. And she says, I'm going to follow you and serve you, Naomi. Because I've watched how God has provided for you in a famine. But I watched how God provided for you in death. I think I need to say that again. I watched how God provided for you when you didn't have nothing. But then he provided for you when you lost all your sons and your husband. Which says to us that God has a mighty sneaky way of providing. How do you know that? Because in the text it says she heard. She got word all the way in Moab. That God had visited his people in Bethlehem. That means things were getting better. When she heard that things were getting better, she and Ruth headed back to Bethlehem. When she gets to the city gate of Bethlehem, guess what happens? They look at her strange sideways and say, is that Naomi? Because you look like everything you've been through. She said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. She said, God has dealt bitterly with me. I left here full and I've come back empty. And it's God's fault. But I tell you what, brothers and sisters, if you want to blame somebody, blame God. He can handle it. But let's tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. She, she shouldn't have been blaming God because truth be told, God did not tell them to leave Bethlehem and go to Moab. And she really should have been shouting because God protected them in enemy territory. Oh my God. But other than that, watch this. Guess how long they were in Moab? They were in Moab for 10 years. It's your 10th anniversary. Uh, they were in Moab for 10 years and God protected them, provided for them, and preserved them while they were in Moab. But it was the providence of God that took them back to Bethlehem. Okay, I, I, I'm shouting by myself and I know why. I know why because I know what the text says and you don't. So here's what it says. Here's what it says. When they got back to Bethlehem, they got back to Bethlehem at harvest time. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I grew up on the south side. I used to be slow, too. Let me try it one more time. She, she's empty. She's broken. She's broke. But she shows up in Bethlehem at harvest time. 
we're gonna have shout classes on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Because it's obvious you don't know when to shout. So, so here it is. I know why you didn't shout. Her harvest time was really barley harvest. Yeah. Barley harvest is government cheese. Wick. Yeah. Yeah. Make it Lone Star. Make it plain. Yes, sir. Parade vegetables. Yes, sir. Make it plain. Three ring corn. Yeah. I see that's why you yes, shout. Yes, sir. Because it's harvest time, yes, but it's sir. not the best part of the harvest because yes, it's the beginning of the harvest. Yes, sir. But you ought to be able to shout because you know when barley harvest is over, yeah. the grain harvest is coming. Yes, that when you know you've struggled for a long time to hold things together and then you hear that your harvest is coming, you ought to shout before it gets here. I wish I had a few more witnesses here that can testify. It ain't always been easy the last 10 years. It's been some up sometime. It's been some down sometime. It's been some setback, confusion, disappointment, and depression. But in the midst of it, God has held you together. Hold on. If he's done this for you in 10 years, what you think he's going to do with the rest of your church existence? So if he's done this, praise him. But if you believe in for more than this, give him the glory. Bible says I like this girl Ruth because she wants to take care of her mother-in-law Naomi. She said, uh, mother-in-law, I'm gonna go and work in the fields. I'm not waiting on a man to come take care of us. I'm gonna go to work. She goes to work in the field and she ended up in the right field. Yeah. Talking about the providence of God. Yes, sir. She ends up in the right field. And she's gleaning in the field. Yeah. She's gleaning in a man named Boaz's field. Boaz is kin to Elimelech and Naomi. Providence of God. He comes out to check on the workers. And when he comes out to check on the workers, he sees this uh, long-haired, brown, ebony hue with bright eyes. And he says what the folk from New Orleans say, who that? <laughs> and he said that they tell him that's Naomi's daughter-in-law. He said, oh, I've heard how she's been taking care of Naomi. While she's in the field, watch this, Pastor. While she's in the field, y'all throw a little extra in her direction. You miss your shout, too. She's broke, broken, and empty, but she ends up in the right field at the right time, and Boaz shows up and said, throw a little extra in her direction. Now tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. You had some times where you didn't know how you were going to make it, how you were going to take care of this, how you were going to take care of that, and God threw a little extra in your direction. That's how you survived this road. That's how you've been able to do what you've been able to do. God threw extra in your direction. But she didn't keep it all for herself. She kept enough to, to take care of herself and she took the rest of it home 
to Naomi. When she got home to Naomi, she said, uh, where do you get this food from? She said, I was gleaning in Boaz's field. She said, who? <laughs> said, I was gleaning in Boaz's field. Child, that's our cousin. <laughs> you missed it. You missed it. They, they, they're getting ready to move up like the Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's about to get better like the Beverly Hill bill. You getting it? Yeah. Watch this. She says to her, go back to him after he's done eating and drinking. And once he's done eating and drinking, she says, now put your head under his sheets. And that lets him know that you're interested. But hold on. She said, before you go, you got to clean up. Put on your red dress. And your high heels. And some of that sweet perfume. What are you saying, Pastor Hartwell? Naomi knew she couldn't have Boaz, but she encouraged Ruth to. You're missing the point. You ought to have a friend that don't mind you having something that they can't have. There was no enviousness. There was no jealousy. There was no competition. She said, girl, I'm going to show you how to get him. And she puts her head under his sheet. She snatched the sheet back and said, who is it? She says, it's me, Ruth. He says to her, I know you're interested in me, and I am just as interested in you as you are in me. I want you to be my wife. Yeah. Things are about to get better. I want you to be my wife, but there's another one who's in line before me that can marry you before me. We need to go check with him to see if he wants to marry you, because if he does, then I can't marry you. They go check with him. And he says, I don't want her. Aren't you glad some folk let you go? I know we in February, but, but go back to December. You were, you were in the grocery store, and you saw somebody you used to date and said, Lord, I thank you. You were in the mall walking around, and you saw him in the mall. You couldn't even hardly recognize who they were. Life didn't beat him up so bad. And you said, oh, Lord, I thank you. You ought to be thanking God right now for the folk that told you no. I said, yeah, I want to marry you. But you have to understand, Boaz is considered in Hebrew a goel which is a kinsman redeemer, which means I have the right to pay off your debt. You missed your shout you again. By marrying him, he cancels all of the debt that Elimelech created. When we connect with Jesus, I redeem. He cancels the sin that we owe because he is our redeemer. Look at somebody and tell them God will provide. I've heard so many times he may not come when you call him, but you'll warn him when he gets there. And he doesn't always show up in my time frame. 
Because oftentimes I give God a deadline. God doesn't work according to deadline. He works according to timeline. Certain things have to happen first in order for him to show up. Because you don't know how strong your faith is until you got to go through some storms. You don't know what it is to pray until you got to go through some trials, tests, and tribulations. You don't know what it's like to get close to God until you get farther away from people. He's got to send you through some things to bring you closer to him. And when you get to him, you'll discover he is the God that will provide. What do you mean the God that will provide? That word provide means he sees what you need before you need it. You sitting in here on Sunday, worried about Friday. You sitting here on Sunday, worried about Friday. God, the provider, will leave Sunday Pass up Monday. Go into Friday. Rearrange circumstances and situations so that when you get to Friday, you already got what you need. Look at your name and tell the neighbor, God will provide. Sometimes you wonder why you're going through the stuff you're going through. Sometimes you wonder why you got to go through all of that stuff. It's the providence of God guiding, guarding, and leading you to his predetermined plan for you. What do you mean? Here's what I mean. If Elimelech hadn't gone to Moab, then they wouldn't have come back to Bethlehem. Yeah, yeah, tell the story. If they didn't come back to Bethlehem, then Ruth right. couldn't have married Boaz. Right. And if Ruth didn't marry Boaz, right. there would be no Obed-Edom. And if there was no Obed-Edom, there'd be no Jesse. And if there was no Jesse, there'd be no David. And if there was no David, there'd be no Solomon. And if there was no Solomon, then there would be no Jeroboam. There would be no Jehoiakim or Jehoiakim. And then there'd be no Christ, because Christ comes from the line of David. Thank God that he is the one that provides. Stand on your feet. Yes, thank you, God. Thank you. As a family, let's grab hands in this place. Lord, we stand in your presence to tell you, first of all, thank you. Thank you for 10 years. But now, Lord, I pray for Pastor Hubbard and the Connecting Fellowship that he would give he and his elders unusual clarity. Lord, open their eyes to opportunities that are available to them. And then, Lord, I pray that you would give them clear vision. But after you give them clear vision, Lord, will you provide? Lord, will you provide? Like only you can. In Jesus' mighty name, we trust you and we believe you. And it's for your glory. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together and bless God.